Welcome to Hero Games Podcast Shorts, episode four, titled For Peace. As always, I'm your host, JD, and it's good to be here. I ask that you open your mind to the words I'm about to share, and I'll get to building this out. First, I want to give some background, sort of to all of these shorts. Each one of these shorts is associated with a social media post typically released on Sundays. And if you're looking at the post, it's a gray background, Hero Games logo, and some white lettering. This one was released on September 10th. And that's kind of how all of this got started. So before I dive into today's content, I'm just going to read the few words associated with that post again that we posted on September 10th. And September 10th is typically a heavy day for Americans, but especially Americans um, like me, who have had the privilege and honor to fight for this country because of what occurred on September 11th. And so those days are pretty heavy for me. I think a lot about what happened and how that changed the trajectory of my life. And so here are those words from that post. For peace, we pray, we hope, we dream. We turn away from war, from violence, from aggression, until we can't. Then we fight and die and sacrifice for peace. Kind of what was going on in my mind at that time is, you know, look at the things that we do for peace, right? It's such a stark contrast between peace and war, and to achieve peace, you must have war, And that's hard to understand. And we also know that peace may just be unobtainable. And that's also hard to understand. And right now the world is on fire. Some people are mentioning World War III. Africa continues to be consumed with violence. Myanmar, Syria, and Iraq. On a larger scale... Russia, Ukraine, casualties in that war, deaths have crossed half a million. That's equivalent to the population of Wyoming or D.C. And as recent as October 7th, the war between Israel and Gaza has ignited And in 22 days, 10,000 people have been killed. Thousands more injured and displaced internally and externally. And so again, the world's on fire right now, right? Seems that way. But the reality is that it's always been this way. In fact... The earliest evidence of warfare comes from a small cemetery in Jabal Sahaba, which is near the border of Egypt and Sudan. And this cemetery is almost 14,000 years old. 
and archaeologists have discovered that nearly 45% of the skeletons in that cemetery displayed signs of violent death, specifically trauma to their bones, war wounds. So yeah, the world's on fire, but I think it always has been. Cormac McCarthy wrote Blood Meridian, and if you haven't read it, I suggest you do. And Cormac quotes, War was always here. Before man was, war waited for him. The ultimate trade awaiting its ultimate practitioner. If you've played Call of Duty, I remember this from when I was a kid. You die in the game, and they have little quotes at the bottom. One of the quotes that would pop up was, Only the dead have seen the end of war. And that's attributed to Plato. Because the reality is that man loves war. Man is war. And war will always be. Wars are started and fought over border disputes, ethnic hatred, freedom from oppression. But how do we get there? How do we get to war? And I think that when we are detached and looking at it from 30,000 feet, we ask ourselves, oh, well, why can't they just be okay with their opposition having that land? Why can't they? Is it really worth fighting over? Or it's not that big of a deal. I don't understand it. Why are people killing each other over this? Yet in our own lives, we're unable to maintain relationships within our small circles. Nevertheless, between countries or ethnicities or borders. And I think the reason that humans love war and have been involved in war since the beginning of time is because we are war. We are fallible. And when we think we're right, we're probably wrong. So what are we willing to do for peace? Most of us don't have the ability to influence what's happening in Russia and Ukraine or Israel and Gaza. But what's in your control? Because like anything, I think that this starts with us. This starts with you on a micro level, right? Because again, if you can't influence what's happening in Russia and Ukraine, Israel or Gaza, then you can influence what's happening in your life. And so I just want to briefly share my approach to conflict resolution. And it's not easy, by the way. Though I'm going to sit here and tell you how I resolve conflict, I will also tell you that I've spent much of my life in conflict with many people. Because it's the nature of man. But I feel like I've gotten to a point where I'm able to resolve conflict in a way that allows me to really sleep at night because I'm not trying to win. And so it starts with assuming that I'm wrong. If I encounter a conflict, the first thing that I do is assume that I'm wrong because if I am right, it'll come out and I don't even have to say that I was right. So I start by thinking, you know what? Maybe you're off on this one. I look inward, I self-evaluate, I take responsibility of my part, and then I open the dialogue, I communicate. 
sometimes you can't communicate with an opposing party that's unwilling. And if that's the case, then that may be the end of your conflict resolution cycle. And you just have to accept in life that sometimes you're not going to be able to work things out. But if you are able to get deeper into the cycle, then go back to step one. So open that dialogue and communicate. And if that person is willing, go back to step one. Assume you're wrong again. Everything that they say when they offer their opinion, assume that they're right. I promise you'll learn a lot about yourself and them. And then empathize. Listen to what they're saying. Genuinely act on what you hear. If you're seeking resolution with someone, then they probably mean something to you. You should be inclined to genuinely act on what they're telling you. They probably love you in some capacity. If it's your spouse, you should really be acting on what you hear. And you have to go into this with an open mind and an open heart. Because without those, then you won't be able to really listen. You won't be able to empathize. Continue to seek resolution. It may never come. And if it never comes, that's okay. Stay true to who you claim to be. Stay true to the person that you want to be. Because, again, we are fallible. We will make mistakes. Now with that open mind and open heart and you're listening to what the other person has to say and you're empathizing and you're genuinely considering that you may be wrong, relax. Don't take yourself so seriously because you and everyone else here on this earth will be dead in 100 years. Is that how you want to spend your time? Arguing about something that's insignificant with people that are significant? Joe Dirt's mama said, is that where you want to be when Jesus comes back? Because in the end, isn't peace what we're all really searching for? To some level, to some degree. And so I want to leave you with one of my favorite quotes from General Grant. And General Grant, he knew war. The man was a real war fighter. He said, I've never advocated war except as means of peace. So seek peace, but prepare for war. Because war, war never changes. War is like the winter. And winter is coming. 